We're transitioning to the worship through the word of God here. And we just started last week a new sermon series in the book of John, the gospel of John. Gospel, for those of you who don't know, gospel is a word that means good news. And so John is telling us good news. And good news has a name. Jesus. And so John is all about helping us here see Jesus and the goodness that he is God come to reconcile us that we can have abundant life. And so today uh, we are, we're going to be in John chapter 1. I'm going to be focusing on verses 4 through, 4 through 13. And if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible or Bible app, you can do so to follow along. One of the things I, I forgot to mention last week, I want to encourage you to consider doing as we, we walk through a book of the Bible here and the, and the importance of us doing an entire book of the Bible. One is that it's to help equip you in understanding how, so you can know how to be reading God's word on your own as well. And to go through an entire book that you can be equipped in how to navigate that and interpret that and apply that to your own Life, rather than jumping around to different scriptures based on uh, different issues or topic. One of the ways uh, uh, to help us kind of grasp the meaning uh, uh, within a book of the Bible as we go through it is to read it all in one sitting. And so I want to encourage you to consider. Sit down sometime this week or maybe just take the entire week this week. Uh, but do some home fun. It's not homework because it's fun with Jesus. All right. And consider just sitting down and reading through the entire book of John in as short a time as possible for you. And that will allow you to get insight into the big picture and the message of what is John trying to communicate to us about Jesus. About Jesus. As we come to today's passage, and what John is trying to communicate to us and share with us, about Jesus being led by the Spirit of God, is that it's only when we grasp that Jesus is God worthy of our worship that we will have life. It's only when we grasp the truth of who Jesus is that we will have life. I was baptized when I was six, and I grew up in the church, and I was blessed to be in a home where my parents were intentional in discipling us, and we read through the Bible, this New Testament especially, um, over and over, every year. And uh, as, after being baptized, growing up in the church, and you know, I was able to, you know, God has blessed me with a memory, it's, I'm losing it, but I, I did have a memory at one point, and and, uh, uh, it's, you know, I was able to memorize stuff and scripture and quote things and give the right answers. And, but the, there was a problem in my life is there was this chasm between this Sunday person and this Monday person it was just growing wider and wider. And I believed Jesus was my savior. I, I prayed to God when I needed things and things like that. But really, I was just doing whatever I wanted still. I didn't see. I was blind. I wasn't seeing. Although I thought I was. I thought I was. But I didn't see God. I didn't see Jesus as he is. I saw him how I, I wanted to see him. It's only when we see Jesus as God worthy of our worship that we will have Life. Let's jump into the word here. 
Even though we're going to be focusing on verses 4 through 13, and it's not going to be on the screen, the first three verses, I'm just going to read those first three just to give us context here. And then, Tom, you can just pick it up at verse 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man of God. Let's pray, friends, as we seek to receive God's word. Spirit, just work in our hearts. Jesus, let us see you. Not as we want you to be. Let us see you. You are the light shining in the darkness. But Jesus, let us, let us understand. And we need you, we need you, Spirit, to mediate. Holy Father, as you said, no one can come To me, Jesus, you were speaking. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Draws. Open our hearts. Open our eyes. Let us see you, Jesus, in all your glory. And let us live. In your name we pray. Amen. Last week we talked about what it meant that Jesus was the word. And John, right off the bat, he has a very clear purpose. I want you to know Jesus is God and I want you to believe so you can have life. And he doesn't mince any words. He he doesn't have any buildup. Right off the bat, in the beginning was the word. And we get this abstract philosophical language. You just right into the deep end of theology. Jesus is The truth of God, the action of God embodied for us that we could know him. He is all of God eternal. The person, the third person, second person of God, the Trinity. And through him, all things were created. Everything is made by him, through him. He's the means of creation. So we have as a result in him was life. If everything was created by him, if, if, if life was generated and he's the source, he is life. In him was life. The verb here continues. The theme is, is a past continuous verb, was being life. It was just part of the nature and existence of Jesus. Life was continuously being in him, from him. He's the source. John Compared to different uh, 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 gospel authors, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he has very tightly bound theological themes. Life is one of those. It's mentioned 36 times in the gospel of John. 
ridiculously more than any other book in the New Testament. Life is important for us to understand. And what does that mean? This life that he's talking about. Well, of course, it's, it's the generation because he's talking about uh, 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 the creation, the generation of life. Nothing just spontaneously came into existence in this world and matter just already formed of its own accord and then organized itself into complex organisms and systems wherein generation of life could perpetuate. And and not only that, but societies could be formed by conscious beings. That doesn't just happen. There's a source. Jesus is the creator. Life, the generation of it. But there's, it's more, there's an orientation of this life. Not that we just exist, but we exist for something. And that life that John continues to, to draw attention through throughout the gospel, he uses life eternal, everlasting life. And in John 17, we get kind of a definition of this as Jesus prays. He says, Father, this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God, and the one whom you've sent, Jesus. Eternal life is towards something. It is in relationship with God himself. It's in relationship with Jesus himself. We cannot live the way we may uh, exist. We don't fully live outside of a relationship with Jesus, with God himself. We want to be saved, right? We, 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 and, and we're all about that business here as Christians. We want people to be saved. We want to be saved. We talk about going to heaven. But we can sometimes distort what this means of life and heaven and all that. By talking about it as a place of uh, the absence of evil and, and, and the joy and pleasure. And, and that's true. But that's only partially true. It's only true because of something else. Because heaven is about Jesus. It's about relationship with God eternally. Unending. All those other things come because of relationship. If we don't want eternity with Jesus, we don't want heaven. That's what heaven is. Eternal life is relationship with God. and, 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 And as a result, there's an effect now that when we are restored to that, Abundant life. John talks about that. I came that you have life and that you may have it to the full. That, that life in Jesus, through Jesus, in relationship with him, has practical impact now. In terms of healing in our lives. In terms of satisfaction and contentment. Joy, no matter our circumstances. Purpose and meaning life we can't understand life absent or apart from jesus himself in him is life well john goes on here and saying in him was life that life was the light of men again light is another significant theme really tightly developed theme throughout the gospel of john of who jesus is another i am statement i am the Light of this world, 22 times mentioned, again, more than any other book in the New Testament. 
He is life, and that life is light. What are we getting at here? That light, meaning he is the glory of God. He is the revelation. He, he puts on display all of the greatness, the power, the goodness of God. We see in Jesus. We can see God when we see Jesus. He illuminates the truth of God for us. I'm going to try a, 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 an object lesson here. I need a, a, a young scientist here. Somebody who's, who's interested in, um, in the uh, sciences here to, to help me out. I need, a, I, need a, I need a partner here. Maybe a couple. All right. In the back there, Evelyn. All right. Come on up. All right. Could I have one more helper? All right. Is that uh, Makaya Nakira? Come on up. Yeah. All right. So. We got some uh, aspiring scientists here. Can you come on up, ladies? Here, can you guys explain what 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 is this? What do you see here? Metal. Metal. A light. A light. Is a light? Is it shining? Why not? It might be broken. Okay. Light. It's not plugged in. Okay. There's a cover there. You know, it's, you're right, it's not plugged in. There's no power source, right? The light doesn't shine without, without a power source, right? So Jesus is life, right? He's the light, but that light that he shines comes because he is the power source. He is life. All right, so you know what this is? That is, a, you guys are so smart. This is a battery. Okay, so do you know, to give power... You need current, all right? You need positive and negative current running together to create something called a circuit. I don't expect you to remember that at all, okay? All right? But we got to connect. We got to connect the light to the source of power, okay? So I'm going to need somebody to hold the power source, okay? I need, I need another person here to attach the power source. We got to, you see that dot right there? Can you attach one of those wires to the dot on the bottom? And then can you take that other wire and put that on the metal there? Oh, what happened? What happened? We have light. We have light because of life, because of the energy. All right, so I got one more thing real quick. Okay, who likes to be blindfolded? Okay, all right. Isn't that great? Fantastic. All right, all right. So, Evelyn, here, I'm going to blindfold you. Can you see anything, Evelyn? It's on your forehead? That's amazing. So we, maybe we need to put that down a little bit. Okay. You can't see anything? Okay. Is the light on? Uh, no. How do you know? Because, well, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay, you can't see. But it was a good guess. It's not on. You were totally right. Did you know that? That's amazing. She didn't even know that. All right, so... Um, I'm going to need your lady's help again here. I'll hold the battery and you guys connect it, okay? All right, you tell me when the light's on, all right? Okay? All right, is the light on yet? Um, no. No, not quite? What do you guys think in the audience? Is the light on? Yeah. It's on, okay? All right, why can't, why can't you see if the light's on there, Evelyn? Because I have a 
because you got a blindfold on. Yeah. Oh, that's obvious, right? Okay, you can take the blindfold off. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. All right, I'm going to give you guys some candy here because you're such great helpers. So, I think somebody was up here eating candy earlier. I'm not sure who it was, but... Uh, so Evelyn couldn't see the light because she was blinded. Was the light shining though? So let's look at verse, uh, verse 5 here. The light shines in the darkness. Now the verb tenses have changed here. The light shining here is a present continuous verb here. That means the light is always shining. It doesn't ever end. The light shines forever in perpetuity. It never ends. That, does that mean that we see it? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, as it says in the ESV here. Now, that verb overcome here, this actually has two meanings. And John has a tendency, just like with the word life there, to be filled, to take words and, and to take all their different possible meanings and pack it in. All right? He, he, the words that he uses, he is a philosophical thinker, a theological thinker. The words are pregnant with meaning. They're filled with meaning. There's two words here. The main, the main concept of the word behind overcome is grasp. Okay? That could, that could mean an intellectual understanding, like to be able to grasp a concept. But also it means to take hold of something, to seize, to control it. It means both of those things. Context determines the situation. Jesus is the light shining. He's shining still today. It's the truth of who God is. But when he came to us in human form, we could see and behold God as he is, but, but yet we couldn't because we're in darkness. Darkness is this condition of our soul. We think of darkness as the things in this world, we think of like evil and, and the suffering that's present out there. We think of terrorist groups that were mentioned earlier. We think of injustices. We think of uh, uh, depression or discouragement when we think of darkness. These are all things that are the result of a problem in our soul. A darkened ability for our minds and spiritual eyes to see. And that's to be in relationship with God. In that darkness, the darkness cannot grasp the light. We, we do not understand who Jesus is. In fact, we, we have a distorted kind of idea of who Jesus is. And, and we distort that, that his personhood, his relationship with us. Or we even seek to retaliate against him. What, what, did, what did the people do to Jesus? They killed him. They saw the light as a threat. They, they, they didn't understand that he, he's their very God and our God who created us. And they considered him a threat. Crucify him. Sought to snuff out the light. But his death only made him more powerful on our behalf through the resurrection. We are blinded. In and of ourselves. And, 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 and there, is, there is a passage in 
Corinthians, or Paul explains this blindedness. And you can jump to that quote there. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4 says this, And even if our gospel is veiled, the gospel being the good news, even if it's veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We have a blindfold on like Evelyn had. All of us, without the work of Jesus in our lives, without the work of the Spirit in our lives, we have a blindfold on to see Jesus as he is. And we're perishing. We're headed to hell because we want our way. The distortions aren't necessarily so obvious. Like, you know, Jesus isn't God. Jesus, there is no God. As if atheism. Most of, most of us here, most of you listening, are, are not atheists you would consider many of us would consider ourselves christians or followers of jesus but but there's a problem here because many of the people who consider themselves followers of god and jews they thought they saw but they were blind you see even when jesus came they were excited about all the things that jesus did he was a good prophet he was a miracle worker But they didn't want to receive him as God, their Lord. Jesus is a good example. He provides us a a way, uh, good teaching and and, and a way for us to live good moral lives. That's true, but that's not who Jesus is. Jesus makes me feel better. Jesus makes me live better. He's my therapist. Well, Jesus does do those things, but that's not who Jesus is. He's God. Jesus is my friend. We love the familiarity of Jesus. He's with me. He encourages me. Jesus is friendly. But Jesus is God. Jesus is a means to my end. This is ultimately kind of how it gets boiled down to. We believe and and look upon Jesus as Jesus. You are a means to me getting what I want. I want life. I want to be free from this God-forsaken world of brokenness and darkness. I want you to make my life better. I want you to make my circumstances better. I want you to make me better. I want what you can give me, Jesus. You are the means to my end. We get it backwards, friend. You see, his miracles and everything he did when he was on the earth. Those things that he did for us or to those people were the means to the end. You know what the end is? Jesus. He's not a means. He is the end. John 6 records. Jesus had just got done feeding 5,000 people and he had like a handful of loaves and, and, and some fish that he was given. A kid gave up his lunchbox. It was a pretty awesome lunchbox. I'm sure it was like Moses on it or something like that, right? You know, generous kid. Spirit moving in his heart and life. Like, I want to share. I'm not sure how far it'll go. And Jesus takes five loaves and a couple fish. 5,000 people are fed. And they're all really excited about this. But Jesus slips away like he does. Goes and crosses uh, uh, a lake. And the people 
or looking around, where did he go? Where did this guy go? It was free lunch, man. That was great. We got to go find him. End up on the other side of the lake, and, and Jesus is there. I'm like, hey, how'd you get here? And Jesus, Jesus calls him out. He says, you're, you're not interested in me because of who I am. You got a free lunch. You got a free lunch. Don't trust in the bread that can fade away. But the bread of heaven, the bread of heaven fills and satisfied. I am the bread of life. He says, show us a sign. Prove it. Well, he just fed 5,000 people. Prove it. Jesus explains, saying, I'm the bread of life. John 6, 35 and 36. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you've seen me, and yet you do not believe. They had already had reason to see. They had already had reason to know. The feeding of the 5,000 wasn't the first thing that Jesus had done either. They just wanted more. They wanted the results. They didn't believe in Jesus being who he said he was. I'm skipping the portion here on John verses 6 and 8 here. We'll come back to John a little bit later. In verse 9, the true light which enlightens everyone had come into the world. He was already in the world. The world was made through him, yet it didn't know him. He came to his own. His own people did not receive him. His own people. The world that he created, all of humanity, and and God had chosen the Jewish people, the Israelites, to be his people, to, dis, to, to display to the world, uh, Yahweh is the one true God. He came to them, his own, that he had set apart for himself. And they could not see with him right in front of them. They saw and yet they didn't see. Because they were blinded. Yet, In verse 12, to all those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those who see Jesus as he is, surrender. That's what John captures. Those who see, whose eyes are open, they see the light and they're not blinded. To believe that, that, that Jesus is something less than God who we worship and surrender to. Those who see him will bow. Will surrender. They will worship. Those who don't will just see him as a means to an end. And we must get this, friends. He is not the means to end it. He is the end. He is the life. He is our reason for existence. All the things that come from him come when we come to him and want him and love him and desire him. What John says here, those who receive him and believe him, this word receive, 
if you will, think of uh, uh, they did not grasp him. They didn't understand him. They didn't, they, didn't they, 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 they tried to overcome him. This word receive is another form of that concept of grasping. It means, means to take hold of, to cling to. It, it's almost violent in many of its, of its uh, 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 um, uses. It's a forcible, you know, it's kind of thinking convincing sense of taking hold of Jesus and not letting go. Those who receive him, who understand and cling to him as you are God and I need you. I surrender. Are those who believe him. I like to use this illustration when we're talking about believing because with a chair here, there's oftentimes we, when we think of believe here, we think of, 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 you know, I pray this prayer. I intellectually agree that Jesus is, is God, that he's my savior. I intellectually agree with that. And with this chair, as Jesus is God, our Lord, am I resting my weight upon this chair? What do you think? Partly, where are my feet? I'm still on the ground. Now I'm resting some of my weight on this chair, right? How about now? Am I resting my weight on this chair? Kinda. I mean, I got one foot off the ground, right? This is how we live though, right? Many of you here show up every week, Sunday, even throughout the week or online you call yourself Christians, and we, we've been grown up in the church, and, and you got everything but maybe like your, your tiptoe still on the ground because you don't trust him. You're not willing to go all in with him because to believe isn't, is to give up. To believe, to trust means I'm all in. All my weight on Jesus. I surrender and believe he's God. Many of us are doing this because we like the security of doing what we want when we want. And I love the idea of Jesus as my Savior, and that's where I was. But I had to be convicted to realize that I'd been believing that Jesus was my Savior because I like what he does for me. I wanted what he did for me, but I didn't want him to be God. All in. Because that means I gave up rights to myself. But when we do surrender, there's life. There's life. John says here, those who receive him, those who believe in him, they take hold of him. They go all in. They surrender. They put all their weight on Jesus. He gave the right to become children of God. They're not born of the blood of, of, of blood or the will of the flesh or the or the will of man. What he's saying is this isn't something that's humanly possible. You didn't choose this for yourself. Your, your parents didn't choose this for you. This was something God did. You might ask the question, wait, whole, we're getting into some stuff here that's kind of uncomfortable. Are you saying that God chose me? Or did I choose God? Yes. That's what it says. Both. 
There's, there, God does a work so you can see Jesus because left to ourselves, we're blind. You may have moments where God penetrates the darkness and he removes your, the darkness and the blindfold and you're able to see Jesus as he is. Surrender, friends, because you don't know how long that, when you're going to put that blindfold back on and you're going to continue to be blinded. Surrender. When he opens your eyes, surrender. You have a choice to respond to take hold of and cling to, to receive him, to put your weight on him and trust him as God. Surrender. It was distinctly that moment. My eyes were opened at a worship time of worship and youth group. I'd been going. Again, I had known Jesus. I'd been part of it all, but I realized all of a sudden in a moment I hadn't surrendered. Jesus was my savior. I love that Jesus was my savior. And I believe that. But I hadn't surrendered. To receive Jesus to be my God. My Lord. What did Thomas do? When he put his hands in, in his. In Jesus' holes in his hands in his side. And he got on his knees. And he said my Lord and my God. He saw. For the first time. And understood. In John chapter 9 here, I'm going to close. One of the great stories that John tells in one of the great miracles, the seven big ones that moves the story along, of Jesus healing a man born blind. And, and it starts off by was they find this beggar on the side of the road and, and uh, um, they ask an interesting question. Did this man sin? He was born blind. Did this man sin or did his parents well, if he was born blind, put the logic together. How did that work if he sinned and it caused... Anyways. Did this man sin or, 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 or did his parents? Uh, and Jesus said, neither. It's not about that. That's, you're not even asking the right question. But this happens so that God's glory may be displayed. And he spits on the ground and he, and he makes some mud and he puts it on the gentleman's eyes and he tells him, go and wash. And then Jesus leaves. So the man goes to the pool, he washes, and all of a sudden he can see. And you can imagine how crazy that would be. You've been blind all your life. You, and, and all lights coming in and how difficult and painful that would be to take that in. And then colors and images begin to form and crystallize. And, and, and you can see all the things that you had heard and perceived. And imagine his joy and how excitement. You'd be a new man, and, and yet you still look... He's still in the same body. And his neighbors saw this and they're like, what happened? Are you something? This can't be the same man, but it looks like the same man. And, and he's like, yes, it's me. I'm a, I'm, I was blind, but now I see. And, and they asked him, how did it happen? And, and they're pretty surprised. And so the neighbors go and get the Pharisees, the leaders, and they tell them. And the Pharisees are going to come and check this out to see if it's legit. And they start asking him questions. What happened and how this happened? Well, he spit on the ground. He put mud on my eyes. I washed and I opened. And, and, and the Pharisees can't believe it. Oh, this must, man must be a sinner because he did this on a Sunday. Forget that he's healed. They wouldn't believe it. So they ask his parents to come in. They're like, this man can't have been blind. Didn't happen. Parents confirm it. Yeah, it's our son. He was blind. Now he sees. Ask him about it. We don't know anything. 
And so the Pharisees bring him back in and start going through the questions again. Now, how did this happen again? We know that this man who did this to you, he's a sinner. We don't even know where he's from. And this man says, how is it that you don't know where this man came from? When was the last time anyone knows anything about a person being born blind, being healed? When has that happened ever since even the beginning of creation? Like, no, there's no records of this happening. Only, only a person from God could do this. How do you not know where he came from? And the Pharisees kick him out. And Jesus goes and finds him. This man, John 9. Jesus finds him. Hearing that he had been kicked out. And he came to him and asked him, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, you have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. Lord, I believe. And what does he do, good friends? He worships. Worships him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Jesus is life, the light for all of us. But we must respond. If we see it for what he is, he is God worthy to be worshipped. That's not just singing songs. That's devoting our lives to him, living for him. Not my way, but your way, God. Can you see Jesus for who he is, friends? Are your eyes being opened? Now's the time to surrender. Now. Believe. All in, obey, and know life. I'm have the worship team come on forward. If God's moving in your heart where you realize you are like me, and you, you're, you're, you're hanging on Jesus as my Savior, but you've never surrendered. I like what Jesus does for me. And I want what Jesus does for me. But I haven't surrendered to Jesus, be my King, my Lord, my God. Come and talk with myself, Pastor Friday, Karen, one of the elders or wives, Janet. Let's seek the Lord together. Let's surrender. Take hold of him, receive him. Jesus, thank you for coming and being the light to us. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us see. Help us, Lord God, as we are blind to ourselves and we will distort who you are, Lord God, and make you into something that fits our desires and our needs and our wants. God, let us see. Lord Jesus, let us surrender. Let us know true life in you that comes from you. Do that work in us today, Jesus, that we might live. In your name.